Wars. Episode 0037. Raw Deal Cobra. Happy New Year. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 0037 of the Movie Wars podcast. Go ahead. I don't shop here, you know? This is your host, Sly, you know? I just walked in, was in Cobra, and uh, I'm just kidding. It's Kyle. I'm your host, Kyle. I love you. Dude, that quote was so good. It was like, <laughs> it's so good. Go ahead. I don't shop Dude's here. Dude's gonna bomb. He's from <laughs> a death cult. <laughs> He's already <laughs> shot someone. Wanna come to hell with me, pig? I'm Drew. I don't want his name. I want his ass. I'm Phil. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting back to our roots, ladies and gentlemen, and I just have to thank my beautiful co-host because it's been a while since we did an Arnold or a Sly movie. You know, I think Copland, and then we did, I think our last Arnold movie was Commando, but I'm so thrilled to be back to the, kind of the, the genre that built Movie Wars, you know, and when we were conceiving this podcast, I was giving Drew the guided tour of the Arnold Festival of Lights, and so, you know, <laughs> what Arnold is... <laughs> Arnold is my favorite actor of all time. I know he's not great. Sly is like my second favorite. I know he's not a great whoa, actor. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But I love them. Cobra is one of the most important movies in my life. And I know it's not that great of a movie necessarily. You know, you may be saying, hey, Kyle, it's not that great of a movie. How could it be one of your one of the most important movies of your life? And to that, I would say you're not a very great person. And your hu- your parents aren't very great people for letting you walk around bullshitting. I mean, I thought you were- people's business. This is my movie. I thought you were going to throw me under the bus. No. Like, Phil likes Fast and the Furious. I mean, <laughs> no. The fuck you want? Oh, even before this podcast, now I do get, you know, there are two camps I found out since we've done this podcast. There's Camp Arnold Sly, people that understand the genre, the action, the pop sci-fi of the 80s, early 90s. But there are people that are like, how can you stand these guys? How can you like these movies? They can't act. You really? Know, are there those people exist? There are. Oh, yeah. Even before we started the podcast, people are like, really? You like Arnold? My wife does not get Arnold. I know. I've almost left her a few times. Does she like, not like strong, greasy men with huge biceps and giant <laughs> chests? I guess. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Strong. Great, great impression. <laughs> Thank you. But it's been a long day. And Drew, you and I had a really great conversation about this. One thing that, you know, traditionally, this I'm not saying this is every time, we've covered movies where directors will write a role for an actor with an actor in mind. But this was a case when the the evolution of action with the the muscle man, the machismo, Sly Arnold, eventually Van Damme, Seagal, it was so evolutionary and it was so magnetic and people were so into it that what happened is that people went from writing movies to and saying, who should we cast to? I want to be in the Arnold business. I want to be in the Sly business. And it's like, we'll write the movie later. We just need, I just want to make an Arnold movie. We want the money because it was such a cash cow. And so really what people started doing was, is they really were like, we, do we write something? Is there a premise that we have laying around that we can bend to Arnold or we can bend to Sly? And, and a great example of this is Total Recall because before Dino De Laurentiis sold it or had to sell it because he went bankrupt, that was Patrick Swayze's role. I mean, he was obsessed with Patrick mm, Swayze. I didn't know that. Yeah, and in the short story, we can remember for you wholesale, by Philip K. Dick, which is what it's based on. The guy is an accountant. Uh, the uh, what becomes the Arnold character. It wasn't even a construction worker. But after Arnold helped win the film and and get Carol Coe to buy it and star in it, they were like, we're gonna bend this really complex premise. It's still complex. We're gonna dumb it down a little bit. We're gonna bend it around Arnold because we want to be in the Arnold business. And so this was a case of like mo- filmmakers when it com- when it came to these action stars are like, how we just want to be in the shut the fuck up. Stop buzzing. Turn off They're your like, device. <laughs> Sorry, five, <laughs> four. So I was like, usually my phone does not device. vibrate. My phone usually does not vibrate. That's so annoying. 
Someone wants you, Kyle. <laughs> Your phone was trying to bend itself around. Arnold. I know. But this was a case where people were, they wanted the brand of Sly and Arnold. They didn't want them to change. They wanted that. They wanted the money. They wanted the entry that came with it. So what do you think about that, Drew? Well, I think it was a mistake, for one. I mean, to your point, my introduction to Arnold and Sly happened uh, well, two, three years ago when you, you know, I, maybe I was one of those people. I was like, really? You like Arnold and Sly? I don't maybe. Because I, I was born a little bit, at, like I was a little bit too young. I didn't start watching movies until the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So I kind of missed this whole era. So it's been a, an absolute treat to go back and, and just like kind of explore these two guys' careers. As I dove into these films and these these actors, you know, bodies of work, it seems like Sly was kind of the front runner, you know, and he sort of had his career. He was doing Rambo and Rocky and sort of like, you know, on top of the world. And Arnold came around a little bit, you know, a couple years behind him. So they were like, Arnold was chasing him for a, for a number of years. He had had Terminator and, a, you know, a hit under his belt and a couple, like he was well on his way at this point. But it's interesting that these two guys, their careers hit the, kind of a similar bump in the year of 1986 where they both tried to make a weird cop movie. And it just didn't really turn out the way that I think either of them had hoped. Yeah, absolutely. So they're both a lot of fun, you know, but it, I think there was a lot left on the cutting room floor. There was just like gaping plots. Probably, I assume, because the, I don't know, maybe nobody wants a, a two and a half hour Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Like maybe that's, it's just like, this is popcorn movie. Like we got to cut it out, like cut it, you know, down. So I get why they tried to make it tight to get in all the showings. And, you know, I, I understand that the, the, the reasons for editing, but it seems like they left a lot to be explained. So yeah, like the plot, like, <laughs> like, the, the, whole, like the story, like itself. the, uh, the reason or the ability to track with what the fuck is going on in these movies. <laughs> yeah. And there are reasons for the, actually both of these movies, both of these movies probably could have been a little better. Now Cobra does have a cult following. It was one of those movies that even though it wasn't reviewed well, it did make some good money, but people, but people caught on later. And in fact, the special features, I believe on the, the, the special edition Blu-ray were fan requested. And so it's by, I think it's called Scream Factory, but it had so much tailwind that they were like, for the fans, we got to go out and make special features. They interviewed every actor. That's really cool. But for Cobra, you know, the, the problem was is Stallone wrote the movie, but he also directed the movie. Even though George Cosmatos, who directed Rambo 2, was the director, Stallone made every decision. Every time they got done filming a scene, Stallone would go behind the camera and say yes or no. It was his decision. And there was this tension because whenever Stallone would leave the stage or would leave the filming area, Cosmatos would get really pissed off because all of a sudden he felt like he was in charge. So he would start literally screaming at people, demeaning people. That's definitely how you get people on your side. Yes, because he, he was just so insecure because Stallone owned the movie and Stallone would walk around with three bodyguards. And so the whole time, and so there was this weird separation between them and there was this power struggle. And then, and, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, he, he didn't allow, it was actually part of the deal on set that other actors and extras and crew were not allowed to speak with him. Mm-hmm. But he was at the apex of his career. Like he was on top of the world, you know, because he had his, he had his soldier with Rambo and he had his boxer with uh, Rocky and this was supposed to be, this is my fucking cop. Um, this is going to be like, you know, my crown of uh, characters. And, and it didn't point, turn out highest... that way. But at the time he thought it was and he was kind of, uh, you know, uh, above everybody else. Mm-hmm. And he was the highest paid actor at the time. Yeah, I think he had made, was banking 42 million at the time, not for the Cobra, but that was like his accumulated. That was like his that rate. suck. Woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, he had accumulated. Which is a lot. I mean, it's a lot of money in any era, mm-hmm. but in 1986 too. 
I mean, yeah, you're you're good with that that's yeah. amount of money. And there's a reason why I'll get into it later. But Rod Deal also had reasons for being for being disjointed as well. But I had never seen either of these movies, and and you know, for the in the interest of transparency, I had never actually heard of Rod Deal until <laughs> Drew suggested the match. That's a bad deal. So uh, think with you know, form your opinions. I really don't give a shit as you should. If you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, there are two cold hard truths that apply to Phil. I don't know why I'm here, and I have no <laughs> idea what the fuck I'm doing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that makes three of us, I think. Yeah. So, you know, it should come as no surprise to anybody that a movie like Raw Deal, perhaps I hadn't heard of. Here's in my defense, there are thousands, uh, nay, millions of films. Not probably just thousands. I don't know about millions. I mean, there are a lot of people, but I digress. I'd never heard of these, uh, or of Raw Deal. Definitely heard of Cobra. I'd never seen it. I did not know what to make of either of these films other than like they all had some really incredible moments, but as a cohesive package, they were all over the place. Like, I, I'll put it this way. This is what I was texting the guys earlier. I thought Raw Deal was super disjointed and tough to, you know, track with what was going on. But good Lord, did it have an incredible ending where Arnold goes and just fucking murders everybody. It was just like... There was a payoff. It was so, yeah. like, the payoff... And it was fun. It was worth it. It was great. He <laughs> it just, was fun. It felt like an earned payoff because the rest... Yeah. Not because from a storytelling you standpoint, but for that <laughs> fucking payoff. It, so it kind of felt like they said, hey, we have an idea for a movie. The studio's like, what? It's like, Arnold kills everybody. <laughs> Yeah. And they're like, like do you have anything else? Like, no, he's it. dating an alcoholic, or he's married to an alcoholic who's writing a shit on a cake and throws it at him, and that's what motivates him to try to get back in the police force. Cool. Dude, that cake that flies across the kitchen, how cool he keeps himself. Like, good for him. I probably who's wouldn't drink a cake. That payoff was great. I mean, here's the thing about Raw Deal. That movie, probably without knowing it at the time, is just an amazing 1980s time capsule. Every finish, every piece of clothing. Everything about that film, every hairstyle, the it big was suits, just the oversized, 80s. tailored but boxy suits. It was almost ironically eighties, like it was off the charts. You had so many like stupid one-liners, but mm. that it just it was this bizarre time capsule of the eighties. Cobra was a little less time capsule of the eighties, but it still was once again like almost ironically, without knowing it, just this eighties insane one-liner action, completely unrealistic movie that may have had a plot that was harder to track with than Raw Deals, if that's even possible. That said, these were both a blast, like stupid as fuck, but really fun. I've been wanting to ask you, you're a huge car guy, what did you think of Cobra's car? It actually really surprised me. Pretty badass, right? Yeah, it was, but <laughs> I'm not God, even a car that guy. thing is old as hell. It's like, awesome. That is like a first time they got the car right kind of car. Like, that was like post-Model T. They were like, well, if we enclose the whole thing, people will be safer. The car is like, legendary. That car was uh, very surprising. And I, I mean, love is there how- a license? Does, this, does he have a Cobra license? Mm-hmm. Or did I make that up? No, it has it says something. I can't remember what it says. Does it say the law or the the cure or something? I don't remember. Yeah, I also don't remember just casually ran. Oh yeah, no, there's, a, there's vehicles a license plate. A specific what is the license plate? I feel like that was a moment. What a weird movie. They were both so strange. But I oh, excuse me, I'm burping over here. The spirits of up. Arnold won't let me speak ill of him. No, they were both a lot of fun. Anyway. I, while you're looking that up, I'll just say I love that, and I was telling the guys this earlier, I, something as cheesy as the fact that his name was Cobretti, and they called him the Cobra, I kind of liked it. Awesome, awesome 50. 50, that was it! I oh, because the I car was that. a 50, right? Yeah, I mean, that's an old-ass car, dude. Which was, okay, so in 2022, that would be a... 72-year-old vehicle. No, Yeah, no, 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 but I'm saying in 1986, it was 36 years old, so oh, that'd so be like in a movie a movie character today driving a, 1980, a 1984 Ford Taurus. 
1986. 1986. Which, which is, is when Cobra came out. Whoa. And Raw Deal. Oh, oh, shit. We're at the exact halfway point or something. I don't know. But if you saw a character driving a 1986 car, you wouldn't be like, holy shit, that's old. I don't know. I might feel that it's way. It's pretty legendary. Anyway, you were saying? Oh, I just like that they call him the Cobra and his name is Cobretti. I like mm-hmm. that little. That's, yeah. From a screenwriting standpoint, I like that's an interesting character thing. But the first time, it's pretty hard to suspend disbelief for one second in that movie when he's like, call the Cobra. Call in the Cobra. And you're <laughs> like, oh, really? And he pulls be- up. He pulls up in his 1950s car with his aviators and his boots. The match and- sticking yeah. out of his mouth. Yeah. That whole opening scene is unbelievable. <laughs> it's so good. It's so You're true. absolutely right, though. You don't give pet names or nicknames to people you loathe, and you eventually find out that they loathe they Cobra. They fucking hate that guy. But you don't give it, like, call in the Cobra. You'd be like, call in Jim. Get Jim in here with the body odor. You don't say, get the Cobra to a guy you hate. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You, you call in you the know body what? You're odor. You're not wrong about that. You that- don't give nicknames to people you hate, unless it's like, fucking asshole. Yeah. That's a good point. And you if know? you do give nicknames to people you hate, it's like crappy nicknames. Like- yeah breath or like <laughs> Donald Trump would Dick disagree brain. with you. Yeah. yeah. Future Phil. Yeah. He nicknames everybody he hates. We all know where I stand. I, and people ask me like, why is Cobra so important to you? It's just like, I grew up watching it. I can't tell you. I hadn't seen Rocky yet. So I think my first Stallone movie was Cobra. I just thought it was cool. The poster spoke it to me. It was cool. The movie poster has the been poster's my... poster's unbelievable. Yes. Yes. It's so it is, good. Yeah. It's iconic. It's, it's been glasses. my cell phone wallpaper. The poster is way superior to the film. <laughs> yeah. And you can, you can attest to this. So my cell true. phone wallpaper has been the, the Cobra for poster years. for years. As has, when I got my new MacBook. And he's got a beautiful wife and four kids and he still chooses Sly. <laughs> Cobra every Cobra night. It's <laughs> every, <laughs> every night. But oh, wow. I don't know. And I was obviously too young to watch it, but it's just the gun, the chases, Stallone. Like I just, so it's behind RoboCop. It is my second most viewed movie. I think I've seen it hundreds of times. It is just so fun. I just love it. Raw deal. Also, can we talk about the fact that it's a Christmas movie? It is. Yeah, it is. It's a, great Christmas Christmas it's a fucking movie. Christmas movie. Yeah, Dude, Christmas. the scenes, there's so much like Christmas decoration all over the grocery store. It's great. Christmas on Santa Monica Boulevard. Well, also, I just love when he cracks open that beer, that warm beer. <laughs> takes <laughs> a sip. Store. Yeah. yeah, then chucks it at the guy. But then <laughs> I also loved how he is cleaning his gun and turns on Christmas cartoons. Like, he's just trying to... Yeah, hello, product placement for Toys R Us. Uh, that right? was a whole Toys R Us ad uh, in the middle of a Sylvester Stallone commercial. Toys R Us for all of you out there, and there's a lot of you at this point because the world, you know, it's kind of like roster turnover in the postseason. The world turns over its population. There's a lot of you motherfuckers out there who never got to experience the magic of Toys R Us. But imagine walking into like a Walmart-sized building, and it's just filled with toys and video games, and you can walk up they and down. They had a great and, video game selection. Good lord that mm-hmm. place was That's awesome. where I got most of my video games. I love Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. And it it's was pretty awesome. That, that's, a, that's a good point. The fact that it was like the size of a giant grocery it store. It was so it big. Was all toys. Which is probably what ended up being its undoing, but there was it was magical walking into a Toys R Us. And now they're so all condos for people yeah. whose parents are doctors and buy their kids. Exactly. Condos. It was magical, but it was too expensive. I mean, I grew up poor, so we, I mean, we went in there, but I don't think we ever made a single purchase there. Yeah. Toys are sus. <laughs> <laughs> Toys, Toys aren't, aren't us. <laughs> Finishing on Raw Deal. Raw Deal is considered by many to be a step back for Arnold, and it is, and it's, and I'll get to this in a rando, the only rando I really have for Raw Deal, because there's just not a lot of material about it out there, but, you know, he got caught in this crossfire with Dino De Laurentiis, but this movie is, it connects to the history of Total Recall, and I'll get into that, but, you know, this movie really was considered a step back because he had Conan, he had Terminator, but I will say this, one reason I do like this movie is, is Arnold has obviously, it's amazing when you go to 1984's Terminator, fast forward two years, 
letters and the amount of English comprehension. He had, he went from having 11 lines in Terminator to freaking nonstop talking in this, and it's great. And some people are like, that's a weird observation. It's not, because one of the reasons he had 11 lines is because they kept cutting his lines in Terminator because he would yeah. say them, and no one knew what he was saying because he was still <laughs> learning English. So obviously not the case in Raw Deal. So this is, even though it's a step back for Arnold, the next year we get Predator. So, uh, you know, it's it wasn't too much of a step back, but, you know, this I- predated Predator. Yeah, predated. Pre- predated. Predated. Predator. So, in my Arnold love, this is not one I frequent. I've This is only the third time I've seen it, and I probably won't revisit it again for a long time unless we do Raw Deal versus uh, Cooked Deal, you know, so yeah. the new Bobby Flay show. Um, <laughs> hey, everyone, I'm no, Bobby I'm going to revisit it pretty soon because I want to do, like, a full Arnold run. Mm. I want to go from, like, his first, I guess, Conan all the way to whatever he released last year. When you do just... this, let me know. I will do it with you. Okay. But you and I both read it. You know who introduced Arnold to the world? The first TV appearance he had was Lucille Ball. Oh, what? He was a masseuse in a Lucille Ball show, a live television. Oh, my God. And he comes on. He's still bodybuilder Arnold. He's still Gold's Gym Arnold. And he's supposed to, like, massage her while her husband's gone. It's actually really funny. Wow. You can go find it on YouTube. So she's... Was she in character as, like, Lucy from the show? I think this was different. It was, like, a live... I think this... This is hard because I haven't read the book in a while. But this was a live TV thing. It was, like, a... Amazing. That's a cool... That's a rent. That's a fucking awesome rent. And before Conan, he was Hercules. I do, I will say this, even when Arnold's movies aren't great, like Raw Deal, I do enjoy watching him. He's just a fun guy to watch. Like he's yeah. And he's huge. Well, and yeah. in 1986, these movies weren't that crazy. They weren't, no. like, they feel crazy today because we've got, and I was telling you guys this Movies earlier, with cohesive plots. Well, we're, we're used to, we live in a world where, you know, film critic magazines have existed for 30 years, mm-hmm. and, and we have the internet, and everybody's making fun of anything that's cringy or weird or stupid or crazy but in the 80s like things went off the rails pretty frequently especially yeah. in Hollywood with all the cocaine and whatnot. like this was not weird for movies to be crazy like that's just how it was because there was no feedback other than it's just true. what people spent at the box office and yeah by the time the word got around that the movie was bad like it had already been people had already for- spent 50 million dollars yeah, exactly. and they did cocaine during the movie so they didn't care <laughs> At the beginning of the 80s, cocaine inspired creativity and productivity. By the end of it, it was like, I'm fucking bored. Let's go get more cocaine. Exactly. <laughs> and it I've was got diarrhea. Creativity and also more cocaine. Randos. Rando deal. Marion Cobrando. Let's start off with some Cobrandos. Brian Thompson, who plays the main villain, he got his audition because of a tiny part and played in tar- Terminator. Do you remember this? Bill Paxson and Brian Thompson, who plays the main villain in Cobra, were the first guys that Arnold killed in Terminator and took their coats and their clothes. Oh, he was one of those. Dude. That was enough for him to get considered for this. And he he was really nervous because he was going to quote unquote meet Rocky and he was a year out of high school uh, and he idolized Stallone but he was very disappointed when he got on set when he found that he had three bodyguards and really wasn't talking to anyone on set. So he walks up to Sly and he asks Sly, he's like, what's the motivation for my character? Because, you know, there is no context and we said this about the movie. This cult kind of like, aside from establishing a new world order and collecting axes from Home Depot, they really have no to motivation. be evil or something, right? Yes. And he walks up to St- Sly, like he just happens to catch him in his bodyguards, like, hey, Mr. Sly, can I please talk to you? You're my idol, but you want to, don't want to talk to me. He says, what's my motivation for my character? And he said, the cult was doing what Hitler was doing and walks off. <laughs> That's all he says. And this is, he says, Weird. Thompson said this is the only character conversation he had with Sly the entire movie was this one sentence. They are doing what Hitler was doing and walks off with his three bodyguards. Thompson, like a lot of other actors, did not enjoy making this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did get that like weird racist like you know vibe from these people in the beginning. Like too, you see the guys in the suits, which kind of makes you feel like one guy just got done with his accounting job and another guy had a corporate yeah. job, and they're coming out to kill all the women at night. All the models walking around <laughs> in L.A. and they're gonna take 
their Home Depot axe. By the way, shiniest axes ever. Dude, yes. Why I are those axe heads so shiny? They're always catching the light at just the perfect time. That scene in the parking deck where he's walking up and you see the axe head like going right above the, the floor. My first thought was like, God, he polished the fuck out of that thing. <laughs> like, that is the shiniest axe I've ever seen. Yeah, rando number two, Sly. So we said this already, but Sly really directed this film. Cosmatos, who directed Rambo, uh, I love this, First Blood Part 2, kind of like Final Destination 4, you know? Yeah. It's just like, okay, Part 2, Final, whatever. But he said that all the way even to the end with the pig, and that's the most infamous kind of scene for him for Brian Thompson when he, and Sly was the one that said, let's zoom in on your mouth. I want the sweat. I want sweat flying off because they were in a real steel foundry, so it was really hot. And so he was like, I want you to say pig and I want the sweat to fly. But he said that there was always arguments that Sly had to walk over and approve of every shot, and then he would walk off set. But every time Sly wasn't on set, Cosmatos, he was yelling at people because he just felt so like emasculated that Stallone was directing the movie for real. Um, so there was a lot of tension on set. Thompson said, I should say something nice about George, but I can't think of anything, is what Thompson said of cool. George Cosmatos. All I could think of when I saw him was like, I've never heard of this guy. Also, George Costanza. Also, what the fuck is this? The entire time on set, when you watch the special features, always smoking. Every scene, Cosmatos is smoking. He's dead, right? Or yeah, he died, he's, 2005, yeah. I think. But yeah, he smoked the entire time. There was never a scene. He was like, when he was shouting at the actors, he was like pointing at him with his cigarette. Like, you, go over there. He was like directing him like it was a magnet. Like, you, over there. Marlboro, you, over there. Listeners can't see your hands. I know. Oh, yeah. If you're watching, I'm doing this weird claw thing with my hand. I need a cigarette. The Cobra knife was, it was made to be this kind of iconic weapon. And it was cool. The, 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 oh, this was Thompson's knife, the villain with the spikes. Yeah. But it was so unique. They wanted, he was always sharpening. Yes. And they wanted to zoom in on it. They had to make a three foot version of this knife because they wanted to, to catch, they wanted it to catch the light just right. So they yeah. made like a three foot version of it so it would finally glint in the in the lighting. So the, what you're seeing when it's highlighted is not the real knife, but it's the big knife. So weird. I wonder where that big knife is. Probably in a big drawer. Yeah, big drawer, a three foot drawer. A four foot drawer for your three that. foot knife. And then there's a fluorescent light over here. I don't know why I laughed at that big knife. Old big fashions. Drawer. That's yeah, how. Yeah, I know. We're only one in too. Yeah, so I know. it's not too crazy yet. This is really funny. So Marco Rodriguez, he plays the supermarket killer, the very first member of the, the New Super World Super Marco Order. killer. The Super, Mar <laughs> Super Marco. So that was Sly's idea. I mean, he yeah. wrote it, but he also would ad lib a lot of lines. It was a Sly idea. And yeah. so the yeah, Sly idea. Oh. Slifer. Dude, I'm just forest fire over here, just slashing just and burning. burning. Yeah. Just burning. What's funny though, is they kind of like couldn't break this thing because he's only in the first scene but the entire time he's on set they write the disease on his trailer so Marco Rodriguez became known as the disease throughout the entire filming just oh because Sly said you're the disease and when he's doing the interview you can't really tell because this was early in his career and you can't really tell if he's like filmed like he was kind of being bullied because they were calling the disease he didn't seem like he was really keen on it so uh, yeah the original ending Detective Monty this is hilarious by the way Detective Monty was originally supposed to get in a fight with Cobra at the end. So instead of just being punched out, he was going to punch him and he was going to rip off Monty's shirt and the chest was going to have a satanic star tattoo on it. Oh and we were going to find out that Monty was the leader of the New World Order this entire time. Wow. The only reason they did it because it was just the end of filming and they're like, uh, and, and Monty, the actor, uh, Andrew Robinson is his name, and he walked up to him and he was like, are we really going to do this? You've already killed so many people. We've already done so many things. So I was like, yeah, no, I, I, just, I don't even know. He's like, what, what if I just punch you out? And that's what he said. He's like, what if I just punch you? I was like, yeah, 
Yeah. And Robinson was elated because he hated filming this movie. He hated the movie in the end. He does not like the movie. He's a director himself. He didn't like it. He was like, yeah, let's just do it. And he also was like, it saved me three hours of makeup in the chair. And so, wow. That's how they went from him being the satanic cult leader. By the way, was the cult satanic? I just thought they had really nice axes. I didn't know they were satanic. I mean, uh, you know, if you have a cult, Aren't you they, know, it's like the whole if you give a mouse a cookie thing. If, you, like, if you give yeah. a movie a cult, then he'll want to be satanic. If you give him satanic, he'll want axes. Yeah, I kind of thought they were highfalutin lumberjacks, to be honest. With what, I mean, yeah, they those were some shiny axes. So shiny. I've never seen an axe, and I've chopped wood. It's like if you were a lumberjack and your flannel was perfectly vibrant and not pilling at all and perfectly fitted, mm -hmm. it's like you're not a real lumberjack. You're a lumber hack. You're a lumber hack, yeah. You yeah. have to have a shiny axe, and it's really, it's gentrifying the profession, if you it think is. about it. Yeah. Get out of here with your graphite and your dirt. We're all about platinum axes here. You know? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Last rando about Cobra. Uh, it was actually shot in a converted steel foundry, so it really was a steel mill. And, of course it was. And you guys have heard me on this podcast over and over again. Uh, action movies have an algorithm. They have a they have a setup, yes, they and do. they are either ending in a factory. RoboCop ended in a random sludge factory, a toxic waste factory. Cobra's in a steel mill. Terminator 1 and 2 ended in factories, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. 2 is in a steel mill, and 1 ends in that, like, robotics factory or whatever. Yeah, where you see him with the skin off, and he looks like a claymation character. And although deal not in a factory in a construction zone in a what is it still it's an like industrial a rock quarry of some kind like I don't know still an industrial setting raw randos I only have a couple for raw deal because raw deal even the special you can get a 40 uh, like a $40 4k from Britain and it's still only the only special feature is the trailer so Boo. Boo. nobody wants to see that but it's very interesting because it links to Total Recall basically Dino De Laurentiis was really keen on making Total Recall and he was he didn't want Arnold in it, he wanted Patrick Swayze, and so he it's wanted very different casting. Very different. It probably was going to be more in line with the with the short story with a, him being an accountant instead of a construction worker. But basically, Dino was like, "I need to make some money so I can fund Total Recall," because he was already on the way out because he had made some bad films and his brand was going down. He was losing money. He was on the verge of bankruptcy, he, and he wanted Raw Deal to kind of be his cash cow to help him fund Total Recall. But what ended up happening? The film didn't do as well as he needed it to. Dino De Laurentiis' uh, company completely started going down the drain. And he just needed to sell his rights to the property. And that's when uh, when Arnold brought Total Recall to Carol Co. Carol Co., okay. the company that made Rambo 3, the company that made all these great films. And they said, we need you to basically buy the rights to this property and then so I can star in it. And that's how Total Recall got bought because Dino ran out of money and had to sell the property because of Raw Deal, which was supposed to be the cash cow that funds it. So, My. yeah, a lot of people say that this was the death nail for Lorenz's company. He went on to produce more good movies, but his company ended bankrupt. And some people say it's kind of comparable to like Stephen King's Firestarter, Dead Zone, movies that kind of ended. Shall we get raw with one another? You know what? <laughs> You know what raw is backwards, right? What? War. War. Oh, yep. shit. Let's raw. Let's raw, motherfucker. <laughs> what is it good <laughs> for, baby? Let's go to the steel mill. Let's go to the concrete rock-breaking factory. And you get out that damn iPad. Okay, we got two movies it. that we got to assess the cast for. And you're holding your phone in your cocktail. I need you to get the damn iPad. Here's the route we're going to take. For top bill cast, we're going to go Sylvester Stallone versus Arnold Schwarzenegger. As it should be. That's what we did for uh, Commando First Blood. It's Kyle, what do you think? Oh, snap. You know, Arnold, I love you so much. And you've meant so much to my life. You're one of my heroes. I read your book. <laughs> 
I, I read your book. It's pretty good. A little long. Um, especially when you glazed over the maid part, you're like, and then here's my top 10 tips for living at, right after you banged your maid and hid your kid from your wife for 13 years. Really good stuff. I love you, That's though. That's a hell of a secret. Yeah, I know, right? I know. He kind of just glazes over the book like, yeah, we're just going to kind of not talk about that. Anyway, Cobras in my life is iconic. I know it's iconic to no one else, but the poster, the lines, the, you know, you are the disease, I'm the cure. I don't shop here. His real name is, it's just, it's just too much. And I love what he does. Sly has this uh, coolness. And that, I think that's really probably in my, at the core of my childhood, what I was drawn to about this movie was the aviators, the machine gun with the laser that he assembles, the freaking car with NOS. I didn't even know what NOS was, but I just knew he hit little red button car go fast. You know, I yeah. just, it was too cool. It's just too much. Raw deal is fun, but it is at the bottom of Arnold's repertoire. Even though he's speaking more English and has a ton more lines, I still love the 11 lines he did in Terminator much more than the endless, crazy, random stuff here. Aside from, you shouldn't bake and drink or whatever he says. What did you say? You shouldn't bake and drink. Yeah, that's yeah. a great line. But I got to go Marion Cobretti here, Mr. Sylvester Stallone. Fantastic job here. What say you, Drew? Yeah, no, I'm tracking with you exactly. I mean, it's Arnold. That scene where he's pretending to be drunk and then like doesn't have sex with this beautiful woman oh, out of my. allegiance to this who threw a cake at him like uh, it was all bad it was hard to believe that he was actually drunk it was hard to believe that he was actually in love with his wife who was so terrible it was as good as he looked and as handsome as he looked in those suits like it was still felt weird watching such a giant muscly man wear suits and try to Italian be like this suits. clean he did still look good in those suits he looked though. damn good dude uh, yeah and never, the okay, cigars I take it back. he looked amazing the cigars too <laughs> lots well, of cigar smoking uh, Arnold's a cigar guy well so is Sly though it, yeah but, but yeah, they both I are. was personally offended when he lit that cigar I was like oh hell yeah yeah, and then he like threw it to light a fire. I was like, oh, it's a waste that. of a cigar. Yeah, use a, a cigarette. Use the trash. Yeah, use a freaking match, dude. We use your lighter. Why are you hurling a yeah. nice cigar? Anyway, so yeah, I, I gotta go. Sylvester Stallone here. I thought as out of touch with reality maybe it was, and as off the rails as it was, I still enjoyed him. I thought it was good. Like the whole thing worked for me. The the boots and the aviator and the jacket and the license plate and the freaking knife and it's just all of it just really worked. So I'll go Cobra. And the fact that he wrote it. So I just love it. That's just like kind of a, yeah, it's like a side flex. He's such a great prolific. Like, yeah, I'm a movie star. Oh, by the way. I wrote the fucking thing. And I've got three bodyguards. I go Cobra as well. Mostly because I, I really, there was an execution in Stallone's performance in that movie in spite of like what a disjointed, bizarre movie it was. His uh, sarcasm was like where he was picking on his partner and he'd always just say like real sideways shit to him. And it you just eat like, junk food. It was so perfectly executed. He's like, what are you trying? to fish and rice. You know, like when he's just telling him all the weird shit. Anyway. Fish, fish. Yeah. Good and for you. you expect those one-liners from Arnold movies and there was none of that in Rod deal. Yeah. Yeah. There was like was, two and they were very lame. Yeah. I mean, Stallone was, I wouldn't say either of them were, were good <laughs> in either of these movies. However, you know, you're picking one or the other. Stallone was was a different animal in, in uh, Cobra and it was fun to watch. So I go Stallone. -a. Wow. Clearing the boards. Cobra just not dominated that. Just totally did a 360 in his 1950 awesome. Totally recalled how awesome Cobra is. I did want to, before we go to the next category, you know, Sly shares a favorite cigar with us. His favorite cigar is the Part Fuente Opus. I don't blame Ooh, him. Fuente it's a great fucking cigar. I can't even get that cigar right now. How many times have you and I tried to like get that cigar? Opus. I have Opai. I can't find humidor. them anywhere. Anyway, that's Sly's favorite. It's, <clears> you <throat> can't like most stores don't carry them, and if you get them online, you've got to get them either as part of a sampler or a whole box. And it's like you that's know, true. I've seen them. They're in samplers. cost prohibitive in a box. Like they're expensive as fuck. Let's do the supporting cast. You know. Let's call this next category literally anyone else <laughs> in the movie. People that could breathe on a and fog a mirror. Yeah. The the support. 
supporting cast situation was not powerful. Here. If anybody needs a reminder, we'll just run down some of them. For Rod Deal, Catherine Harold, Sam Wanamaker, Paul Shinar, Robert Davi, Ed Lawler, Darren McGavin. Wanamaker? Literally anyone that was shopping in the Kroger next to the <laughs> lot, they brought, hey, we're doing a movie. We got an Arnold movie. Come on. It's probably the safe way. <laughs> safe way. <laughs> nice. Cobra. We got Bridget Nielsen, who actually is a name that some people might know. Married Sly Rennie while making Tony, Andrew Robinson, Brian Thompson, John Hertzfeld, Lee Garlington. I'm Who's the gonna... guy that in that that plays the Tooth Fairy in Santa Claus too? Andrew Robinson. I don't played know. Monty. Was he that? Andrew Robinson. He very good. In oh shit! Harry Shannon from Raw Deal was Darren McGavin, who was in the he was the dad on Christmas Story. Did you guys recognize that guy? Yes, yes, I did. I recognized that him, was but it. I didn't place him until I just now. No, I, I knew at... who that was right away because he because Christmas Story is like my wife hates that movie for some reason, but um that is a yearly ex-wife. And you gotta um, you gotta talk about Marco Rodriguez, by the way, as a, the super the supermarket killer. He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Phil, why don't you kick us off? What do you think, buddy? And I want to hear your answer because I think you didn't pick up on something that's very unique to you and I about the supporting cast for Cobra. I'm going to go with Raw Deal because of Darren McGavin, even though he wasn't good at all. Even though you just figured that out. Even though, no, I knew I knew who that was. <laughs> I just forgot his name. Um, I watched Raw Deal a couple weeks ago. <laughs> anyway. You did. You got on that early. I was so proud of you. Yeah. Um, what did no, you watch a couple years ago? He watched no, Raw Deal two weeks ago, ago and not like yesterday. A week and a half ago or something. Oh, Usually that would have been a yesterday ago. watch. No, um, I knew that right away It who that was. I saw and I was like, oh, it's the dad from fucking Christmas Story. Neither of these movies had a lot of backup support in them. Also, uh, for what it's worth, I thought the the side piece in Raw Deal did a good job, whatever her name was. Oh, she did. Yeah. yeah. She was actually believable. In that she drunk really scene, good. she actually yeah. played the drunk thing well. And she was realistic. Or, uh, her cat and mouse game wasn't great. And it was Catherine very, Harold. It was realistic yeah. how bad her cat She's and mouse good. game was. You didn't pick up on it. Cobra's partner. Do you recognize Cobra's partner, Phil? Rennie Santoni, Poppy in Seinfeld. No. Poppy oh did. Didn't wash his hands. Oh Pop- my god! Remember Seinfeld? Poppy got sloppy. Poppy's the restaurant owner. Oh and my god! And remember, gosh. he's the one that with Kramer, he starts the the company where you make your own pizza pies. And nobody wants to make their own <laughs> pie. He was like, "No, you can't put a you can't put a pineapple on the Amazing, pizza." Amazing, dude. That's Poppy, dude. But anyway, that wow. is actually that is I. You know, it's hard. As much as I love these movies, it's really hard to build a case for either of these. But I Seinfeld aside, I really did love Rennie. I thought he was a great partner. I love his junk food. Bit because mm. you know Sly is in such great shape. I love the dynamic. I actually thought think that's a very underrated partnership. I love it, so I go Cobra here. Randy Santoni also was in Dirty Harry, who we almost paired up Cobra with. We did. It just didn't feel '80s enough. Right. It was different era, same kind of thing. Obviously, Cobra didn't. I don't think Cobra would exist without Dirty Harry. From what my research, I've actually never seen Dirty Harry. Yep. But uh, apparently, it's a similar vibe. Dirty Harry's responsible, really, for the popular. I mean, they had a few films before them, but it's responsible for the long wolf cop. Yes. I don't take a, I don't need a partner genre. Yes. Yeah, no, definitely. But it's very dark and very serious compared you know, to Cobra. When I suggested this matchup, I had never actually seen Raw Deal and I didn't know anything about it other than he was a cop. It was a great match. But both, yeah, both characters were like outcast cops. They were mm-hmm. both kind of like outsider looking in. They used to be in. Now they're out of the club, but they're going to do something to try to get back in. Like it, it actually worked out really For well. For what it's worth though in Cobra, I felt like the, the anti-Cobra thing was like forced. Yeah, well, like why? I was going to ask that I Nobody, know everybody hated him, but why? Exactly. I, yeah, I know we're not in the category. Of it's like it's like calling the Cobra, and you think, wow, they really like the Cobra, but then the rest they of the movie, him. it's just like you, you're the 
the bottom line. <laughs> and like, and there's that like little little wimpy white dude there who's Monty like the Andrew Robinson. Yeah, like shitting all over him. Like, well, it's a loss of a human life, as if you would care. Like that whole thing. I'm like, what? Where's dude, the background on him? Warranted. And dude, even Sly in the moment in that movie gives him a look like the fuck are you talking yeah. about? So I feel like yeah, it was like in Con Air when Nicolas Cage was like he beat somebody up to defend his own family, and then he went to prison for literally no reason. Yeah, and we're like, yeah. oh. Action movies really, they, they don't, got the book they're thrown just, out. No they're just hoping that you don't really ask questions. You know, Sly was like, you think they're going to ask questions about this, about the relationship? Do you think you're going to wonder? <laughs> they're like, no, Cobra, just shut up. Let's go. What did you go with, supporting cast? Oh, God. We're still on this This. None of them were good. I think I think I like Bridget Nielsen. She was a, Can she I was, vote for none? She was tolerable. Did she win because she married Sly in the middle of making this movie? Yeah, and she <laughs> did, she she wasn't distracting. She she just kind of she like, was good. Yeah, she was. She was distracting. She played a supermodel. She just kind of randomly went to this like classic safe house where you know the safe. It's like great if they're at a safe house, you know that it's gonna get shot up. This mm -hmm. is what happens with safe houses in movies. Yeah, because Drew, you know what they're building up to though. Safe house first, steel mill later, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Coming to the Steel mill. Steel mill. I texted you right as I was. I was like, oh my God, this ends in a steel mill. I told for the audience, I told Drew a long time ago when I began the the Arnold tour and the slide tour with him as a friend. I said, listen, most of these movies are gonna end in a steel mill. And ever since then, he's texted me. He was like, Oh my gosh, all these movies end in a factory or a steel mill or a construction, some kind of industrial thing. But there's, however, there's barrels and things sparking and yeah, smoke. Everything is always for no a Goddamn reason. Terminator 1, Robocop, Cobra, they all end in a factory. <laughs> they all do. It is two to zero. And I have my first bro category. I really hope you guys like this one. We got two great titles here Raw Deal, Cobra. Which title is the best name for a male stripper? <laughs> <laughs> This yes! Is oh. That's a strong category. Yes! I mean... I like Rod Deal. Yes! Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> you need to explain. Cobra just sounds like a penis. Like, <laughs> Cobra is like, that. just a Cobra, okay, we get yeah. it. You got a big cock. <laughs> Raw Deal feels a little bit like, oh, this guy likes it kind of kinky. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's doesn't, he doesn't lube? Is that the thing? Like, what do we? He won't wear a condom. What's wrong? Deal. They're stripping. They're not gigolos. It's like I go wrong. You stripping. gotta deal with it. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. These are not so. extracurricular strippers. These are these are you know Chippendales. They're confined. They're not doing the sex part. Yeah, no, none yeah. of the Chippendales ever. Deal is less around. on the nose. I'll go raw deal. I, I just hope that my kids never listen to this podcast. I know. Phil, we'll, we'll edit it heavily. That was a great reasoning. That now is changing my opinion because I was just gonna go. Cobra because it's like, well, obviously, you know, if we want to get into the 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 cock euphemism is over here of like <laughs> a snake, uh, this a cobra, you know, it's a it's a layup. But anyway, but raw deal. I mean, that there's some implication there. It's like, what's this guy up to? Is he gonna hurt you? <laughs> like, is it going to hurt? Is it not going to? Because he's yeah. got this raw deal Has thing. Has his so dick gotten out? a raw deal? In the past? <laughs> like, was he bleeding? Yeah. So I might actually go raw deal just because the mystique, the I mystique. Just, the idea the of like a, a just raw masculinity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The word raw is what throws you off. I actually went raw deal as well because I just like the ambiguity of it. It's like, I'm a man. <laughs> 
I'm imagining it. This, this is possibly the best category I know. you've ever come up with. I don't know with. why. I love that that fell out of your brain. It's the first category. I could not wait to ask you guys this question. <laughs> I haven't even thought of this. It's, I'm so glad we don't do any of the like research or anything. Like, I we know. don't read anything you send. I'm yeah. so glad. Because if we did, we wouldn't have these responses. Like, yeah. Fresh response. Just in case yeah. the audience knows, I build the production sheet and the war card and everything's a surprise. This is the first time they hear any of it. It is, yeah. yeah. I, I purposefully refuse to look at the war card beforehand because, I mean, otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here like, well, which one would be a better male stripper name, you know? I'd have thought of it two weeks ago. I went raw deal exactly. because a little bit of the ambiguity, but I also feel like this is a discount male stripper. This is not the high-end strip club. Like, it's like, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it's less on the nose. It's less predictable. Yeah. Raw deal. It's a guy. It's <laughs> like, a guy oh who's God. like a... Raw deal. Yeah, he's like a mover during the day. He's like a couch mover, and this is how he pays the electric bills. And everyone's bills. looking at each other at the strip yeah. club like, oh, fuck, it's raw deal again. It's Shit. raw deal. Yeah. You know, he's like, he's like an NFL. I've when, seen raw deal. Like yeah. how they describe NFL prospects in the NFL. It's like, he's got a high motor, blue collar. To me, he's, raw, he's a lunch pail guy. Yeah, <laughs> to me, raw deal is the lunch pail high guy. High football IQ. Yeah, yeah to me, to me, <laughs> yeah. raw deal is the lunch pail guy of the male stripper draft. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's a, he's a real lunch pail guy. He's not great to look at, but he's, you know, he, he brings yeah. it. He's got it. Okay? Boston's full of those guys. Danny yeah. Amendola, Wes Welker. High motor, lunch Dan, pail guy. Danny Woodhead. These are all raw deals. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady. I'm glad we no, could get sorry. raw deal. With. <laughs> By the way, if I was a male stripper, my name would be Sirloin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much of that bit we're going to be able to use, but oh man, we're rubbing the gut a lot of and that. And I bit. think his yours would be Phil A. Yeah, Phil A. Or Phil. Oh um, my gosh, mine yeah. would be Drew Blood. <laughs> oh my gosh. Listen, future Phil, I know I brought in the stripper category, but let's, let's future Phil. Let's keep it civil. No, I want I'm you just to gonna picture bleep. all of Kyle's kids listening to this shit as we leave yeah, it unedited. Please. Best use of excessive force. Neither of these cops play by the rules. In fact, they they remind Cobra over and over again. And it's like, ah, you're the bottom line, dude. Quick aside, another bullshit part about Cobra was when he goes in and wastes that dude in the grocery store. Store. That fucking dude's out there like, was this necessary? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, dude, what? That was so forced anyway. He shot a guy already. He already killed a guy for this no guy, reason. Yeah, dude murdering. was assaulting people left and right for no reason. What do you want from me? Monty was so over the top rule book guy. What's funny is yeah. the, uh, you didn't hear this random, but the original ending, he was supposed to like, Sly was supposed to beat him up and rip his shirt off. He was the cult leader in the original ending. And then they just said, ah, we don't have energy for it. Let's just punch you and it'll be over. So this whole movie, he's this rule book guy. At the end, he turns out to be the Satan cult. The satanic cult leader. What the fuck? Weird, right? This is called bad storytelling. Yes. Guys. And, bad and Sly was like, what if I just punch you out? Is it, you, know, it, you know, Adrian. It sounds like at the end of that movie, they just wanted to get it done. <laughs> they were done. They're just just like, call him Pig a bunch of times and let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm going to go raw deal here because I think the excessive force is the most fun part of both of these movies. And in Cobra, the force that Stallone is bringing is warranted, but the the weird part of the storytelling is, is that nobody accepts it and everybody judges him for it but they also acknowledge that he's dealing with the worst humans that the planet has to offer and they're like judging him for he handles Night Stalker people that focus on young women like I'm just like I don't 
understand. One of my favorite movies of all time, like I said earlier, one of the most important movies of my life. I don't understand the judgment, at least in Raw Deal, the excessive force was the delivery mechanism. We hung in there with the story. We right. hung in there with the bad <clears throat> women and the horrible dialogue, but the end paid off. So I go Raw Deal. I totally agree. You take what you, you took what I was going to say. Raw Deal to me, like the end was so excessive. Like the, I mean, he was just sitting like the, he had people sitting there helpless who couldn't do anything. And he was just like, kind of like teasing them before he took them out. But like Cobra, obviously it's played tongue in cheek and it's played for fun. But like, if that's a real situation, he needs you, like you take those motherfuckers out. Yes. Like that, there is no excessive force. These are for really that's bad That's not excessive people. force. That's just force. So these are people that think the new world order, is, like the first step is murdering everybody. And then we can have our new world order. It's like, yeah, you might want to use a little force. You're not going to use paperwork on these guys. Yeah. You know we could have I mean? used Cobra with Hitler. Yeah. We're not looking for traces of tax evasion to land these criminals. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. These, they're these uh, are straight shooting up, shoot up, them in the face guys. They're shooting up the coolest Pepsi display I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Seriously, that With is the a fucking, great. The shit coming out the front, it looked real. I wish there was a category God. for that because the Pepsi sign would win. I loved that Pepsi I sign. Know. I was like, why isn't this shit in grocery stores? I'm telling anymore? you, imagine you being 10, my age, loving that. It's like, well, what's with the Pepsi thing? It's I cool. Know, it's so like, cool. Can we talk about the frozen pizza and the scissors and he's feeding his dog while he's watching Toys R Us? Like, what is happening <laughs> with all this? Is any of this necessary? You don't eat your pizza with scissors? The box that says pizza on it, shit. You're right. That is funny. I have a category for that. Uh, well, well, I guess we'll get to that. Anyway, raw deal. Phil! Excessive force, raw deal because of the ending. He just mur murdered everyone. He didn't have to do that, but he did. And, you know, that's yeah. that's defined as excessive force. I was a fan of it mm -hmm. for what it's worth. And you're not like the biggest Arnold guy, but you text me like, I love the ending. Like, it's... Yeah, I texted the crew. I was like... He used a lot of excessive force. Again, raw deal was weird, but this ending fucks. And again, this is something that's encapsulated to the 80s action genre. We hung in there for the big payoff Off the, the rails, end. man. It we, was fine. Yeah. Like, we, we knew. Didn't have a choice. Hey, a fan survey or listener survey. How many of you motherfuckers actually hung in with Raw Deal? All of them. I want to know. If you start a movie and you don't finish it, we are not going to be friends. You got to see it through. You've already spent how much time? How I, do I do that with television. No, I just feel like if you make a commitment to sit down and watch a film, even if it's bad, even if you got to check your Facebook a couple of times throughout, like you got to you got to see it through. See how the thing pans out. That's all I'm saying. You've already spent the time. It's like investing in a new business. No, it's not like that at all, but yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? Are you going to go like clean the kitchen? Like finish the fucking movie. But they have a self-cleaning ice cube. What? Nothing. Sorry. Two <laughs> martinis. Raw deal, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to make that my good point. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, I want to hear you say raw deal, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, raw deal. Yeah. <laughs> we Welcome our, to the stage. Can we change our deal. podcast name to raw deal? <laughs> During yeah. the day, he's a postal delivery man at night. He's raw, raw deal. deal. Oh, with his purple. It might be because of the old fashioned and a half, but raw deal is the funniest name for a movie. It really is. Why is it called raw deal? <laughs> Who's getting the raw deal? He fucks everybody up. What is a raw deal? Yeah, it's well, a bad no, deal. I, I know, but why isn't it called bad deal. Yeah. Raw Why is deal. it raw deal? I think because it's, well, raw deal is a saying for one thing, but he got a raw deal. It's because wasn't the whole thing that he was like kicked out of the police force or something Yeah, like for that? beating up a child molester. Yeah, because he did the right thing. They introduced that so early in the movie that he got fired for beating up a child molester. It's like, you didn't earn the gravitas of that situation yeah. yet. It's like the saying, you win some, you lose some. It's like if a movie's just called Lose Some. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, it's what? True. what? That's not a complete <laughs> Yeah, the also, same folks that brought you, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> or just, it is. <laughs> or one in the hand is two in the bush. Two. <laughs> or just two in the bush. <laughs> Which would be another great stripper name. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone. 
bronchial. This is raw bronchial. This is when I wish we had the video on because, good God, my face when that sound happened was. I feel like I looked like I saw Satan. I feel like pandemonium just happened in this room. Two in the bush. Yeah. That's not. Ladies and gentlemen, two in the bush. This woman comes out with this. This whole thing staying in, by the way. This whole thing. I thought you were like, you stopped recording a mic. No, no, the screensaver came on. You're going to cut all this, but you're going to send us this clip. Yeah. I'm crying. Thank you. We're getting raw Kyle. Yeah. I don't know how much gin I poured in, but... We must gather our composure now. Like, these are the strippers you meet at 2 in the afternoon. I drive a forklift at Costco, these are and not, then I come here and take my fucking clothes off. These are not primo strippers. <laughs> I mean, these are guys that, like, really need the money to support their fentanyl habit. You know what? I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. I'm so sorry about that, but... Also, what did you put in this one? <laughs> All right, it is... It's 2 to 2. Raw deal, Cobra. Here we go. This was your category. Most somewhat coherent. I'm using your word for word, by the way. Love it. Most somewhat coherent semblance of a plot. <laughs> that was your idea. Kick us off. I gotta go Cobra with this as well. Even though there was a lot of confusion, I think it made the, it made the most sense. Raw deal. I couldn't tell why. I wasn't really sure why he was out of the force. And I wasn't really sure why he, like why she was so mad at him. Like was she throwing cake at him and she became an alcoholic because he got kicked out of the force? <laughs> they were in like witness protection of sorts. They were like moved out into the boonies. And she was, she became a drinker because of that? Yeah, and because they didn't have a life so she's anymore. like baking a cake. And she wrote shit on a cake. Nothing was earned early in that movie and they throw a lot of dialogue at you like in the it's first true. 10 minutes and none of it's earned. Yeah, it wasn't really clarified. At least with Cobra, as cheesy as it was, at least it like, it laid the groundwork with like every five minutes, so and so blah blah blah. Like he's like laying out all the stats about crime and stuff and you're like okay, I'm getting like where you're at. And it's very clear that he's like, nobody likes him but they need him. That whole thing. So, yeah, I'll go Cobra. It's not, it shouldn't be a complex plot. It's an 80s movie. It's It shouldn't be but I find myself halfway through be like I'm still thinking like what's with the drunk wife again there's too many questions it is 80s action movie I'm not here to ask questions I'm here for the action and so Cobra gets it what do you think Phil my vote's mm -hmm. not gonna matter here but I actually thought Raw Deal had Raw Deal's plot I thought was easier to follow Cobra to me felt like an excuse for Sly to just be Sly and kill people and do cop shit not like Raw Deal was much better to be honest but I did track with the plot a little better in Raw Deal uh, I just go Raw Deal Joe yeah Puss. the biggest question mark I think in Cobra to me it's like well what are well, you have to take the biggest question marks of both movies and weigh them I don't understand the cult's motivation out of nowhere we got and what's funny is at the beginning we got all these guys in suits and are these guys the accountants and the administrators for this cult because you never see the guys in suits again you know you don't get a lot of depth in the cult but at the beginning we got guys in suits but for the rest of the time I'm like I don't understand it anyway we're supposed to believe that they're all encompassing that there's men in society that are secretly in this cult anyway that's the biggest question mark but it still doesn't contend with the confusion I have Cobra Cobra, three to two, and uh, it's getting close here. We got two categories. Best ending action location, like I said earlier, and like I told Drew a long time ago when we started watching these movies together. The, a lot of these movies are going to end in a steel mill or a factory or something. We have two ending locations that are very algorithmic to the 80s action genre. Cobra ending in a steel mill. The ending of Raw Deal starting in a construction area. Still industrial. The best ending location for an 80s action movie. Uh, the best third 
act set piece. Yes, yeah, that's another way to say it. Best, I, even though it technically did end in the rock quarry or whatever that was. Quarry. Uh, I like that word. To me, that movie really, like, the third act culminated in that fucking 80s bar in the underground situation. If we have to pick between the rock quarry and the steel mill, I still go raw deal just because it wasn't a fucking steel mill. Yeah. Whereas, like, I feel like everybody was like, all right, it's 1986. Steel mill, everyone, right? We're right? ending in a steel mill, and everyone's like, yeah, we're ending in a fucking steel mill. Like, what? It's like when we would... covered Con Air and, uh, and Face Off. It's still the, still the 90s, right? All right, let's do it. Yeah, exactly. We're going to have a lead actor, right? Lead yeah, actor? so the fact have that a lead actor. regardless of how Raw Deal technically ended what the final set piece was, which to me was the bar, because that was where Arnold did all the killing. I, I go Raw Deal just because it, it didn't use a steel mill, and yeah. Arnold murdered a bunch of people in the most 80s bar ever conceived on planet Earth. Yeah, it was very modern looking. Modern, but 80s modern. 80s modern. American. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to say that next time I'm going shopping for interior design. 80s modern. It's your style. Uh, 80s modern, but or modern, but 80s Dude, modern. Dude, 80s modern was a thing. It was like almost what modern today is, but somehow like less good. Tailored suits in the 80s were still tailored, but they were still also somehow very boxy. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like it didn't have a tailored look. It's like, yeah, I got it tailored, but I got it tailored to look really boxy. The 80s was like <laughs> setting the stage for now. It was like now, but they mm. were still figuring shit out. And that's what that bar situation was for me. You know, Rock Quarry and Steel Mill are another couple great names for male strippers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the two for one at Bobby's Male Strip Club. Two for one. We've got two in the bush. We've got Raw Deal and we've got Rock Quarry. Ladies and gentlemen. And then it comes out, I'm hot. As a rock! <laughs> Ow! The ending of Cobra was really horrific. Really? Like filmmaking wise? No, 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 no. Horrific. Like, it, mm -hmm. like it was horrifying. Like it was dark. It was like steamy. It was there was smoke and stuff. And then like, dude, like sticks a thing through his chest, like and like sends him into the hell, hook. like over the fire. Like it felt really visceral. And like, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I, I I'll go Cobra. Yeah, I go Cobra too. And I think one thing I, that we I haven't talked about yet is the use of camera angles. The camera angles in Cobra are very noir. It really actually, it actually does a good job. Some of the darkness and the dark tones that are in it, they, they do a pretty good job earning those things. If you would watch any Friday the 13th movie, the camera angles on the gun and on the villains and the feet when they're walking through the parking garage, if you watch Friday the 13th Part 3, you're going to see very similar camera angles and approaches. I feel like they actually did use horror technique for some of these scenes. So it's very interesting. I was thinking, it's funny, I was seeing some of these scenes and I was immediately thinking, I was like, wow, this looks like a slasher film. Yeah. And they are. They're night slashers. That's what they call themselves. So they really did tap into that genre really well. I like the hook as he used to killing him because you kind of like, you're trying to figure out like who outmatches who. It's like the, the killer's obviously much stronger and crazier, but Cobretti's pretty crazy too. I, I do like the use of the hook, but I do love the, one of the things that's funny about the steel mill endings, I think it plays in the fact that most of us have never been in or worked in a steel mill. So it's like, they don't know what's happening in here. Let's just have a hook flying. They're like, why is the hook just going through? What are they putting on the hook? What are they using the hook for? Is it just there just in case a cop needs to hang a killer on it. Like, is that why it's there? It's like, there's no purpose. They're it's playing on dangerous mm, set scenarios. Pieces. Yeah. Molten metal. Electric wires near fire. Like, it's just random hazards. Just hazardous things. Yeah, it's like during pre-production, <laughs> like, I don't care what you do. We just need a face near some molten metal. We need a big hook. Just kind of flying through. Why is the hook there? This is a big hook. Just kind of going through the room. <laughs> We're going to put a killer big on it. Big hook. Another male stripper name. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, big hook. <laughs> Welcome to the 4 o'clock bingo hour where we also have male strippers and bingo.
and Big Hook's miniature sidekick, Mr. Smee. <laughs> Mr. Smee, subject matter expert. Smee, yes, and me is a Took it subject too far. matter expert. Joke wasn't funny. Smee is a character in the movie Hook? Mr. Mr. Smee. Oh. Release the princess and <clears throat> bring her back to her people. It's four to two. There's nothing Raw Deal can do. It's kind of getting the Raw Deal here. A lot of laughter in this episode. I feel bad for your editing session. But you talked about the pizza with the scissors earlier. I got a flex category for us. Best food flex. Cobra cutting pizza with scissors or the cake with the word shit on it getting thrown at Arnold's head by the wife who he defends but we never see again. He maintains her honor through the whole movie but we never see her again. Best food flex. Shit cake or pizza scissors. The bigger flex is definitely taking all day to get drunk and make a cake and write shit on it and only to throw it at your husband and not eat it. By a character we That's never. A far bigger flex than <clears throat> snipping off a little quadruple uh, triangle flex. of pizza to give to your dog while you're watching Toys R Us. And he still puts the blanket on her later, Arnold. He puts the blanket on her what after she does it. You know, because he's a good man. <laughs> he's a good man. He doesn't want any, anybody <clears throat> to think that he's banging his maid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And making a 13-year-old secret child. I guess I'd go raw deal. Raw deal. Raw deal all day long. First off, birthday cake with buttercream fucking icing. Chocolate. Mm. One of the best things yeah. ever invented mm. by the hand of man to, to spend all or day woman. making them. We're not discriminating. Or, yeah, I, I see. I mm. use the more man thing collectively. I'm a shit. I'm a shit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to make a whole cake and not eat it. That is criminal. So, raw deal. Big flex there. Just cake with the word shit, throwing it at your husband and being satisfied with that outcome, not getting to eat any of it. You're a fucking communist. Get the fuck out of here with your hateful cake shit. Not that it matters, but I go Cobra. And the reason being, this is, although Cobra had few of these, it still has a lot more than raw deal. And this was a character moment. It's a moment of precision. It's a moment of calculation. We're seeing he's cutting up his pizza and he's being very precise. It's a character moment. And there's not a lot of character development in either of these movies, but this definitely is somehow shows more nuance than the, this one pizza cutting scene has more nuance than the entire Raw Deal movie. So I do go Cobra, not that it matters. And it's four, two, three, Cobra wins. The reason I didn't go Cobra is because I actually have kitchen scissors that I use to cut food with pretty often. So you didn't get Not a, pizza. Dear God, tell me you don't cut pizza. No, not pizza, but like raw meat and stuff. I use like kitchen scissors and like cut it into pieces. Well, that's fine. That's what kitchen shears are for. One thing we didn't talk about was the... Fair one, enough. One thing we got with that scene was the authoritative tube TV channel change with the remote. Remember when he changed the channel and he like slings Dude, the remote? yes! I did notice that. What is where with he the, just like, like, boom! <laughs> it's like, whoa! I saw that and I was like, it's an like, odd way to use a remote. Okay. You know what? I don't like what's on channel four! Channel four! And he just goes, bah! Like that. With the is this how TVs were in the 80s? I don't know. No, but he it's was just, just... It's just random. He like, when he changes the channel, he like flicks his remote. Yeah. Yeah, wrist it was, it at the TV. Was that something like they had to superimpose the thing later and they wanted it to be clear like when he was... Don't you know. just change the channel, okay? We're talking meat hook here. Just Shoot boom! the channel. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, meat hook. Meat hook. <laughs> <laughs> well, we ended up having... Like, the, these movies are very silly. Woo! We had a very silly night. This yeah. editing is gonna suck. No, it's not. Anyway, this was a lot of fun. I want to thank you both for letting me embrace my inner Cobra, my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. Do we want to announce a next matchup? or? All Alright, next week. Jaws 4 yeah. versus Troy! Wicker Man! Pulp Fiction versus Jurassic Park. I don't know. Thank you anyway, fans. Thank you for hanging out with us. This is Kyle. I'm Drew Blood. And I'm Philip. Oh my god. <laughs> Do a new one. No, I'll just bleep it out. Can you just say that you're Phil? I'm Drew. I'm Phil. <laughs> oh Gentlemen! Wow. Well, is that even...